0: Always driving to dance lessons, so we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams.
1: The daring young man on the flying trapeze,
0: or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to twenty percent. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully.
2: Dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com/slash Know Your Drive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
3: MRN Crew Call is brought to you by Hercules Tires.
1: everybody, welcome to MRN's Crew Call. I'm Alex Hayden Big show today. We've got the winning crew chief from this past weekend's Yellowwood 500 at the Talladega Super Speedway. Speaking, of course, of Chris Gabehart of the Joe Gibbs Racing FedEx Toyota and their driver, Denny Hamlin. It's going to be a big show. Stay with us here on MRN. We're
0: always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams.
1: The daring young man on the flying trapeze.
0: Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully,
2: dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin
1: citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Welcome you back to MRN's Crew Call. Alex Hayden, our very special guest, crew chief of the FedEx Toyota, Chris Gabehart, is joining us here. Chris, welcome to the show, and congratulations on just a fantastic win at Talladega.
3: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's good to be with you, and and certainly after such a wild and crazy race to come out on top at Talladega, uh, all of all of us on the eleven FedEx Toyota Camry are in a good mood today. <laughs>
1: I would say so. So before we can move forward, let's take a look back where we've been. When we look at Talladega, Denny Hamlin, the driver opting, uh, or is it the strategy? Tell us, was it the strategy or is it Denny deciding to ride at the back for the better part of the race until it was time to go all in with the chips?
3: Yeah. The, the strategy that, that we decided uh, to employ was, was one and the same with, with, Denny, uh, Denny's abilities at these play, uh, super speedway races. And, and that is just taking care of, of, of his understanding of the situation, uh, his consistent ability to uh, measure risk versus reward at these uh, speedway races uh, from an instinctual perspective has proven over time to be uh, really good. So I just really coached, coached him up all week to not alter that. You know, we had a large point lead So for much of the race, there was going to be nothing for us to gain, only to lose. Um, But, you know, statistically over time, he's proven that if he just thinks his way through these races, he'll find himself uh, to the end with a shot to win, and and that's what we did.
1: Yeah, speaking of the statistics, when you look at the super speedway numbers, of the three super speedway races going into Talladega, your guys, I think your average finish was what, 2.6. So yeah. I would say whatever formula you guys used uh, was a successful one. And it proved to be that way yet again. Now, now listening to Denny talk after he got out of the race car in victory lane, he said he didn't necessarily think they had a race winning car, but you guys were still able to, to get the job done. What more do you feel like you guys needed to beat that race winning car?
3: Well, I didn't, I didn't listen to his interview there. Um, I would, I would presume what he meant uh, was more so the strategy we employed is a low, low probability strategy to actually finally make your way through to the front with so few elapsed left and win the race. Uh, It's just just a traffic jam. You know, you ride around out back and you're conservative all day, but eventually you realize, okay, we got to go race and try to pass all these cars who are also trying to win. So they're three and four wide and going crazy. So... I think that was the biggest limiting factor was just, uh, you know, normally you'll see Denny Hamlin actually really racy at these tracks throughout the race. Um, And, and so at the end, he's, he wakes up in a good position track position wise already where, where in this case we didn't have any track position all day. As far as the car, you know, we showed a lot of speed, I think prior to the competition caution, the ability to lead a lot of laps and, and kind of control the momentum of both lines, which is always a good sign for your car speed. So, I think it was more about the strategy we employed than anything.
1: That's a very, very good answer on that. Expect that out of Purdue guy. Uh, <laughs> so when, when we move forward now, that win is a big one. Not only do you get the big trophy, you get the big check to take back to Joe Gibbs Racing with you, but you also get the free pass into the round of eight as far as the playoffs go even though there's still one more race remaining in this round, and that's at the Roval at Charlotte. So how do you guys approach this coming week with the Roval? Is this a race that you can kind of take a deep breath and sit back and relax on knowing that uh, you're safe in the playoffs or how do you take this approach?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a good question with this week in particular coming. Um, And I'll share with you a few of my thoughts as to why. First off, Anytime there's a points-paying race uh, in, in the NASCAR Cup Series with the way the format is now, you can never take a week off because you never know when those seven playoff points that are on the line might might help you somewhere down the road get into the next round. And in this case, for us, it would be getting from the round of three to the championship round in Phoenix. So there's seven playoff points out there to get, and we're going to try to go get them uh, because we, we may need them in, in the third round. But the reality is, yes, it takes a huge weight off of our showers. Knowing that we're locked in, going into such a chaotic event, and and so many things could go wrong. I mean, you literally could miss a shift on lap one, uh, which is an innocent mistake. Plenty of drivers do it. Um, It's it's not hard to imagine. You blow up the engine, and and you're out of the race, and you get one point. I mean, that could happen. It's a road course race. The other thing... (laughs) This morning, I looked ahead to this weekend's forecast and noticed that there are a few raindrops in the forecast. And uh, this is one of the this is the only weekend in the playoffs where raindrops will not affect when the start time is. So, uh, man, I can't imagine having to try to advance through uh, to the round of of eight um, with a rain race. The pressure that that would bring on the race team and the driver. So, I am definitely glad we don't have to worry about any of that.
1: Yeah, and a job well done because of what you were able to do at Talladega. And, nevertheless, you guys were in a pretty good spot points-wise. It didn't matter. But, still, uh, a win is a win, and everybody is in this business because winning is everything. So, the Roval, then it goes on to that round of eight when you have Kansas, Texas, two-mile-and-a-half racetracks, albeit very different mile-and-a-half racetracks. And then the the short half-mile Martinsville Speedway, a track obviously – that uh, your team has an awful lot of success at Mm -hmm. over the years. How do you handicap your chances over that next round to be a part of the final four?
3: Well, it's racing. So anything can happen. But when I looked at the playoffs, I definitely looked at uh, the second round as going to be the most challenging in terms of tracks and the first and really the third round as our best rounds. And most people would traditionally look at Denny Hamlin and, and circle that first round as his strongest, Um, you know, with Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol, but the fact of the matter is, you look at the third round, we've won the last two races at Kansas, we have won a race at Texas with this rules package, and, you know, Denny always runs very well at Martinsville, so, you know, I I really like the racetracks, the way they line up, I feel like we got a really good read on on what we need uh, at Kansas and Texas both. Uh, And then again, like I said at Martinsville, uh, I feel confident we'll find our way with a with a shot to run really well at the end of that race as well. So, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, that you're going against the eight eight best teams in the sport, but with the playoff points we have and the way the schedule lines out, I feel really good about it.
1: Chris Gabehart is our guest here, crew chief of the FedEx Toyota and driver Danny Hamlin. A lot of people may not know your background, Chris. Uh, I mentioned you're a Purdue University engineering graduate, which. Some would argue, and I think you would be the first to stand up and say it is the best engineering school there is in the country. But uh, that being said, you're a racer in your own right. You've won uh, some national championships in the World Karting Association. Uh, You've also run the CRA, late models. You've done a lot of different driving duties in yourself. How has that driving part of your experience and your career helped you now try to, to relate and talk to your drivers, right now in this case, Denny Hamlin?
3: Yeah. It's, it's honestly been huge. I I can't, for me personally, I can't understate how important it's been because um, certainly on the stock car side, you know, the go, the go karts and I ran some open wheel pavement midgets with USAC a little bit and and then come up and run a lot of competitive super late model uh, events throughout, throughout my career. And, you know, obviously the stock car experience most closely correlates to what we deal with week in and week out. But I, I, all the time and finding myself leaning on my past experiences to try to communicate with, with Denny and, and, um, understand better what it is that he's fighting. And then, and then, you know, that's, that's more of like a practice or setup environment type of thing that allows us to find a communicative language that, uh, better dissects the car. Um, but then in the race, I also have that understanding of what it's like to be in that cocoon with very limited information for, Hours on end, high speed, lots of stress. We don't get any timeouts in our sport. You can't see what's happening at your left rear quarter panel or your right rear quarter panel. And it's just it's a very limiting environment. And, and I understand that because I've done it. So I have compassion for his situation and and he knows that conversely. So I think he he understands and trusts that I better than some know what he's going through. Um, so, so that, that level of understanding has certainly built a trust between the two of us that's, that's contributed to our success.
1: No doubt about that. Obviously the engineering side of it, you've got that hat that you have to wear sometimes, certainly the, the crew chief hat, the leadership hat, then you've got that driver experience that we just got done talking about. What about the psychologist hat? How do you take all of that? And then still have to lead a group of people. And that's not just your race car driver where you have to sometimes talk him down a little bit and get him back onto an even keel, but also your team that's around you at the racetrack and your team at the race shop. How do you manage to, to keep the psychological part of it going as well?
3: Yeah, really good question. Yeah, I think, I think that all starts with just having uh, a compassion for your people and understanding how p- important your people are to your success. And that's not unique to racing. That's that's anything in life. It's not it's not the resources. It's the people that use or manufacture the resources. And I think so long as that is the foundation of, of a leader's framework every day, um, the rest of it can quickly follow. And, and specifically, you understand that people are motivated differently or they may be going through things personally and professionally that that you know, require a little bit different treatment on any given day or week. Um, or they, they may, you know, have different strengths and weaknesses that offset each other accordingly. Um, and, and you have to be able to work within each individual framework for the betterment of a team. And um, that's a very challenging job, but it's one that I've, I've grown to really enjoy. Uh, certainly with the backdrop of racing as, as what, I, what I lead a team in, I feel like I have a solid understanding of most parts of the race car and the engineering side of it and the driving side of it to be able to enter into any conversation with my teammates and help raise the level of understanding and, and, and help us get to where we want to go a little bit better than, than, than it started. And, you know, while, while doing all the calculations myself as an engineer and, and making sure every squiggly line or nut and bolt is just <laughs> the way we want it, is beyond what I do now. Uh, I still am very, very involved in, in the finished product. And it certainly comes from what you said, understanding the importance of, of leadership.
1: In a world of multi million dollar race cars and race teams, it basically you're saying boils down nuts, bolts, and squiggly lines. Is that what we're going <laughs> with? <laughs>
3: Well, I can tell you there are a lot of nuts and bolts and there are a lot of squiggly lines. So <laughs> even though it may sound
1: minuscule, there are a
3: ton of them. So they're important.
1: <laughs> All right. You, you come from Kentucky in, in the heart of what is horsepower country, but a different type of horsepower. First things first, Louisville or Louisville, Kentucky?
3: <laughs> when I, It's a, funny you ask that because when <laughs> I was ra- born and raised in Louisville, um all I knew was Louisville so it was Louisville now that I I, I've been removed and and went to Purdue and lived in Indy and lived in North Carolina for 10 to 15 years I have honestly transitioned more to the Louisville thing so (laughs) so I think it all depends on your environment you know when I was when I was there all I knew was Louisville (laughs) all
1: right so coming from Louisville Louisville Kentucky uh, where horse racing is everything, obviously the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs, how does a young lad like yourself find horsepower of the gasoline type?
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm actually a third-generation racer um, from two different sides of my family. Uh, my dad actually uh, had been in racing all of his life, go-karts and stock kart racing, and then uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, so her dad, um, was... Uh, is is Al Straub um, and he had actually spent some time in the NASCAR ranks driving himself Um, you know so I I had had a racing background from when I was a little one and um, you know grew up a huge NASCAR fan Darrell Waltrip fan and and started go-kart racing at a very young age and, and was at the racetracks at a very young age with my parents and so I've been in it my whole life
1: Fantastic story. A lot of people now have gotten to know you just a little bit better. Listen, Chris, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us here on MRN Crew Call. Also, congratulations, the huge win at Talladega. All the best this weekend at the Roval, and more importantly, all the best going forward here in the 2020 season. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Chris Gabehart, Crew Chief of the FedEx Toyota, and driver Danny Hamlin from Joe Gibbs Racing. Well, that'll put a bow on today's MRN crew call. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, do you have an idea of somebody that you want to learn more about or maybe a show idea? Well, give us a tweet at MRN Radio, but you got to be sure to use the hashtag AskMRN. And who knows, we may take your idea and put it here on the show. So again, thanks so much for joining us. Big thanks to Chris Gabehart for being our special guest. Until next time, I'm Alex A. Thanks so much for joining us on the Motor Racing Network on MRN's Crew Call.
3: MRN Crew Call was brought to you by Hercules Tires.
0: We're always driving to dance lessons.